well good evening everyone um this evening we're uh don't have anyone in the building this evening uh myself i know a number of folks are out this evening uh brother wayne is still uh not feeling well i understand and uh sister jean uh and as home with joe this evening uh, my wife is still not feeling well uh, as a number we have a number out this evening but nonetheless we'll uh continue with our evening recording uh, it's hard to look out and see no one sitting there um, so hopefully everyone will uh, have a chance to to jump on this evening with our recording so we'll look at galatians chapter 5 uh, verse uh starting there in the first verse of Galatians where we kind of left off this morning. Uh, before we do that, we'll have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day and we thank you for your many blessings. Lord, we pray that you would help us in the struggles of our service to you, Lord. We pray whatever it be, that it be our health or limitations of our flesh, Lord, or we ask that we would uh, encourage one another, strengthen one another, as we see the day approaching, Lord, we ask that you would uh, be with our brothers and sisters wherever they are serving, Lord. We pray your um, guidance and understanding on them, Lord. We ask that you would forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings before you, you Lord. We just ask that you would uh, cleanse us from the things which cause us to uh, hinder, or cause us to be hindered in our service, or hinder others in their service. We ask that you would uh, create in us a desire and a Spirit, Lord, that we would continue to do the work that you have called us to. We ask that you would strengthen, uphold us, Lord, and help us to serve our communities, Lord, and to show them that, that you are the only way. Or we ask that you would, again, forgive us of our shortcomings and our sins before one another. We ask all these things in Christ's name we pray. Amen. this evening we'll start and again in Galatians chapter 5 uh, looking into the, uh, our study here in, in Galatians we're going into the latter part of this book uh, we've made uh, pretty quick progress there's still some good material here uh, regarding Paul's letter to the church at Galatia um, so we'll read here in verse 1 it says it was for freedom that Christ has set us free therefore keep standing firm and do not uh, subject again to the yoke of slavery Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man that he receives of circumcision, that is, he is under obligation <clears throat> to keep the whole law. Bear with me just a moment.
Since Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith worketh which worketh by love. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well, and who did ye who hindered you, that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh out of him that calleth you, the little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And I have confidence in you that through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do you suffer persecution? Then this is the offense of the cross has ceased. So here in this passage in Galatians, uh, again this morning we read out of the New American Standard. This evening I'm reading out of the New King James. Um, this passage he mentions here being under the yoke of bondage or circumcision. We've talked about this in previous weeks and the preceding chapters. Um, the circumcision that was observed under the law, a seal or sign of the covenant, um, was no longer in effect after, uh, of course, Christ had, uh, had died on the cross. This was of no, of no consequence anymore. It wasn't that it was uh, invalidated, but rather, as we had addressed in previous chapters, this Law was the precursor to Christ. It was the uh, the thing that led them up to Christ. But he again addresses here the uh, that there that is the yoke of bondage to go back under the law. Uh, that is having circumcision of the flesh. He goes on here to address uh, the church and saying, "Yet yeah, it says if you if you're circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing." He says it's. For I testify to everyone, or every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Well, having witnessed, uh, according to scriptures, that how the difficulty that they had in, in covering the whole law, what happened? This was the intent. God intended to demonstrate that he had a chosen people and that. He had chosen them to observe this, but yet he wanted to show them that this was this was a better way. His son was a better opportunity for them. And Paul here such was teaching this that, that hey, you, you don't need to go back under this. You've already been through this. You know that circumcision has been done away with. He goes, who hindered you? Who hindered you from, from doing this? He says, the persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. What's he talking about? He was talking about the the church being corrupted by teachings that were not in line with the New Testament. Just as circumcision was in the Old Testament, he talked. He's been he's talked about this in other chapters and other texts there regarding it being circumcision of the heart, spiritual, a spiritual in nature. We are to separate ourselves from the flesh. He says there, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. You think it was the 
Lord's, the, Jesus's labor of love to, to die for us, for us to go back and observe the very thing that, that Israel got caught up in. They were more concerned with the letter of the law than they were with the spirit of the law. The spirit of Lord's work. He says, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? He's like, you were doing it. What happened? Who, who tripped you up that you shouldn't obey the truth? What does the truth tell us? These things we've been we've been free under Christ. What is that? Verse one said there. He said, "Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage." He says, "Don't go back under the law. It's not going to do any any good." Jesus has come and died, and He's provided the opportunity for you at the church there to as a church there to do these things. Of course, we know here that. He goes on and says a little leaven, leaven's the whole bunch. What, what is he talking about? He's talking about a little bit of it corrupts the whole bunch. I have confidence in you that through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, that he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. He says, I hope that you'll, says, I, I have confidence you're going to figure this out. Should be none other was minded that you know that the circumcision is, of, is to have no avail to you. But he says, the one who teaches you, he's going to be the one held responsible. The one who's who's giving you this trouble and stirring you up to do these things which are under the law, he's the one that's going to bear the judgment. He says, I brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet serve for persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. He says, if I preach circumcision, he says, why do, why do I then get, get in trouble? He says, no. He says, he says, then the offense of the cross has ceased. Why? The cross was offensive to the Jewish people. That was the man that they sought to put to death to end his teachings that they thought were radical and outside of what the Lord would have them to do. But it never went away. Why? Because it was God sent. He says, I would that they were even cut off, which trouble you. He says, I wish they were cut off. I wish they didn't cause you this trouble. And you wouldn't be in this state, basically. He says, brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not the liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. What do you say? You've had an opportunity to be free. Let's read 13 out of the New American Standard here. He says, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. He's like, in Christ, you've been given an opportunity. Don't give the flesh an opportunity to, to take over. He says, but. He says, by love, serve one another. What love is he talking about? Well, Jesus exemplified this love and that he came to fulfill this for others who otherwise didn't want it. He came to his fellow countrymen 
so that he might redeem them back to the Lord, to redeem their position back to the Lord, that they would be acceptable. They would follow the truth. It's part of what some of these Jewish brethren were trying to do. They were trying to carry them back under bondage to the law, which is what Paul was addressing there in those earlier verses. He says, For all the law is fulfilled in one, uh, one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Hmm. So that didn't change? No, it didn't change. He says, The law is fulfilled in one word. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Wasn't that what Christ did? He didn't take his life as an opportunity to do whatever he pleased. He took an opportunity to do whatever the Lord saw was thought, thought was. Rather, he took the opportunity to do whatever God wanted him to do, which was to go before all men, preaching and teaching the gospel, being an example for people that would follow after him in spirit and in truth. And to break down the barrier between the two, the Gentile and the Jew, so that they could all, what, have an opportunity to serve God. He says here further, he says, shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then he says, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This is, I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are under the law or not under the law, excuse me. So he tells them here, he's like, okay, you're fighting amongst yourselves. There's drama. He says, you're supposed to love one another. Serve one another. Walk according to spirit. It's not a very uh, complex thing. Jesus didn't uh, put us in a maze and expect us to find our own way out. He gave us what we need. He shows us, exact, talks to us about what exactly we need in the word. What do we have to do? Give up the flesh. Lay it down at his feet. And walk in the newness of life. That's what he wants us to do. These brethren were being pulled back into bondage by people that were deceiving them, causing them trouble. And Paul said, I would that they were cut off from you. You don't need to have a part of them. They don't, they don't need to be causing you this trouble because why? You were doing everything that you were taught. You know, the life in this flesh is not easy. It'd be easy for me, for all of us not to do it. 
be very self-serving to the flesh. But I don't want any of that. And I hope that none of us do. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and spirit against the flesh. These are the contrary to one another so that they, you cannot do the things that you would. The two conflict, don't they? Submit to the Lord. Submit to his teachings in Christ. It's like we talked about this morning. By grace through faith, are you able to be saved? Are you able to be delivered? Why? Because we have to follow after the example of Christ. Continual forward progressive action. It's not a one-time thing. It's not something we can just put down and pick up whenever we want to. Paul's encouragement here was for them to pick up the word and do it. Why is it as a people that we struggle with such things? Why is it they struggle? It's because they kept picking up the flesh and dragging it along with them. The problem we have is when we, we fleece ourselves and of thinking that we're okay, we can just do this for a time. Lord knows our hearts. Well, that's a load of hooey. The Lord knows our hearts, but he expects for us to do it. He says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such the like. Of which I tell you before and that I have told you in times past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But of the spirit of love, of joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, excuse me, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such things there is no law. And they that are Christ are crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not do what is desirous of the vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Appears that this was part of the problem that they had at the church at Galatia. Most of which we talked about this morning. We talked about uh, any of these assemblies. Most of them dealt with the exact same problem. Idol worship was pretty common amongst them. Pagan worship. You know, various mythologies that they observed. We know Roman and Greek um, deities were worshipped and they were numbered. There wasn't just one. Talked about how confusing that would be. But you know what? The path was pretty clear. What was different than any one of these other religions that were observed? They had one deity. Our God. Who is worthy to be honored, worshipped, and glorified. 
who doesn't have human emotions who isn't fickle he is constant he has clear expectations for his people and he has a desire that they would have a heart and a mind to serve him You know, those things were listed under the works of the flesh. Those aren't to be named among us. But the expectation is clear. Paul's point of these things, but they that they have faith in Christ. No, faith working through love. As Christ trusted the Lord, he submitted himself for sacrifice. He didn't pay mind to what he wanted or what he felt, but he followed the Lord's will. And he was found pleasing. The flesh is very persuasive. The ways of man are very persuasive. Because it's very self-serving. but I know that a number of us have decided that we will follow after the Lord. That doesn't give us the right to pick up our flesh and revive it and put it down whatever it pleases us. Paul desired that these brethren he preached to and he presented the word of God to because he loved the Lord and loved the people would have a desire to serve him. He did it not for his own benefit, but because of Christ, who compelled him to do so by the Spirit. Because the law puts us Under subjection, if Israel couldn't bear it up, then how again could we could we do the same? Let's look at Ephesians chapter five. Verse fifteen. So see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. 
talking about walking. What is it that Paul starts off with here in Ephesians chapter 5, right where we started? He says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. word circumspectly I mentioned it before we'll take a look at it again it says don't be foolish don't be careless in how you walk pay attention to where you're going So redeem the day, the time because the days are evil. Folks, we don't have long in this life. What is it? 70 something years, 75 years that we have an opportunity to, to live this life? We're not even promised that. But here Paul tells him, he says, Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? Follow after him. Don't get drunk with wine. Don't get drunk. Wine was the drink of choice. We're in his excess. That's all they had to drink, but he said, be careful. Basically, be careful how you drink it. But be filled with the Spirit. What is the Spirit? Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you and I'll send my comforter to you. Mentioned it this morning. Spirit, counselor, tutor, teacher. How we should act, what we should do. Where we should walk. If we're under subjection to Christ. Speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That word spirit there is pneuma, which means uh, it illuminates or empowers us, the Spirit of the Lord. Breath is what pneuma means. We're to provide encouragement with one another in our worship and giving a thanks to the Lord, being subject to one another. That's what the Lord's people do. I looked that up and it was a deep reverential accountability. Hmm, novel thought, huh? Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. In the fear of God. This love your neighbor as itself is the exact thought for which Christ died. That is, his brethren might have life. 
have it more abundantly under the law. John 10.10 is one of the uh, passages of Scripture that comes to mind. It says, The thief cometh not, but to, uh, for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Sometimes the sheep don't know how good they have it, don't do they? Sometimes we forget that the Lord gave up our his life for us. He gives warning there. Verse 29 of that same chapter says, For no man ever hath hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and then the two shall be one flesh. This is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself that the wife seeth as she reverence her husband. He wasn't changing the subject there from church to husband and wife. It rather fulfilled and rather complimented what he was saying there. Anything that you do, if you fight and devour one another, you fight with one another, you're not going to have harmony. You're going to be disconnected, right? Warning about doing such things, especially over in Galatians, being consumed one of another. These are things that are not to be observed. These are things that the flesh observe. These are things that they do. Contentions, evil, arguments, those things. Those things are, are of the flesh. Spirit is not under the law but rather by our faith looking to God we see these things demonstrated according to Christ that we're not of the flesh. Back over in Galatians chapter 5 Paul denotes the difference between the two. Spirit and the flesh, doesn't he? He didn't, he didn't cut, pull any punches. He told them like it was. These things are dut, 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 dut. Yes, he listed them out. But that was a clear delineation between the two differing spirits. Spirit of the flesh. What? Spirit of God. He didn't stutter either into that. He says, those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Brethren, we better focus on getting our lives straightened out. And how do we do that? We can't do it ourselves, but we better submit to God.
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such things there is no law. And they are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. What is the proof of our walk? What is the proof of our faith? That's exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about walking with the Lord, walking alongside, we're matching his, his step. We're learning from him. That's one of the things that we think about when we talk about walking with someone. We learn from them. I learned from a lot, a lot of my mentors in the medical field by walking with them, watching them, seeing what they were doing. Same thing in the church. I had a lot of good examples in the church of that that I looked to, brothers and sisters that provide a good example to me to know the things that I needed to put aside according to Scripture. They exemplified that. I also experienced some not-so-good things in the lowest moments. But in that moment... I knew to pick up my brother and sister and to carry them with me and to help them and to speak to them and to do those things. Did I always do things well? No, still don't. Still a long ways to go. We all do. We ought to not be fooled by that. What is the proof of our faith? Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. It says, Look not every man on his own things, but each every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal, uh, equal to God. But made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant as what was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient unto death and even death on the, of, of the cross. Wherefore God also highly exalted him, giving him a name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, that things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, that in every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have also obeyed, not as in the present in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Among ye shine as lights in the world. Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ and that I have not run in vain, neither labor in vain. Yea, but I have offered up the sacrifice and service of your faith. I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. But I trust the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus to shortly to you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I am of no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Jesus Christ. But ye know the proof of him, that as a son of with, the, with the Father, 
he hath served with me in the gospel. Him therefore I hope to send presently, so as soon as I shall see how it, it go, will go with me, but I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. So, stop there. This is what we find in the fashion which Paul encouraged the church at Philippi. He says, don't be concerned with just your own things, but look on the things of another. Encourage one another. Let this be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You got to want it. We have to empty ourselves of ourself. And fill it up with what the Lord would have us to do. We don't get that by going after the things of the flesh. And we don't get it by bringing back the old man. But by the gift that we've received from the Lord, which is the opportunity to serve him. We follow him in faith, trusting that what he has given us is sufficient enough. And every day when we begin to struggle, think about that. Think on those things. And then what Colossians talked about, keep our thing, our mind focused on things above, not things of the earth. What are the things that spiritually fill us up? Have we unburdened ourselves of the things in this life that lay, that weigh us down? Have we put them at the feet of Jesus like we should be? He says there in verse 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have also obeyed, not also in my presence, but now more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. How do we get there? We're not going to get there on our works. That's not going to happen. The proof of our faith will be that we carry out what it is the Lord has set us to carry out. That we seek to encourage one another, that we don't get distracted by this life, that we pull one another up by our bootstraps out of the world on a daily basis we assemble together when the doors are open of the building that we not fool ourselves that this is going to last forever. That we're not lazy, we're not gluttonous, but we're given over to doing the work of the Lord, getting out there and our jobs and in what we do, doing them faithfully, carrying them out in a manner that would please the Lord. Not practicing the things as our fellow man do to pervert and to lie and to cheat and to do these things, but following after the example of Christ, renewing our minds daily. 
the intent and purpose and to the to the letter there at the church at Galatia was that they not give up and go back over into the law through circumcision and that they not these Jewish brethren not lead them back under the law and that these Gentile brethren not follow after that example but that they follow after the example that Christ set before them. That we carry out the work which we have been tasked with fulfilling. Again, broken record. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And what else? Love your neighbors yourself. Are we doing that? Or are we just acting like we are? There are times when people need one another and they don't say it. May we be astute enough in our service to the Lord, we can see when our brother is suffering. Or we can see when somebody else needs a helping hand before it's too late. I hope that you're encouraged by this study and as we continue to work through Galatians. Yet I hope that everyone is doing well. I wish that everybody could be here tonight. That is my hope and my prayer. But such as things that we face in the flesh, illness, weakness of our bodies, like health, sometimes in places we see distraction. Pray we not succumb to those things of the flesh, but that we would together one another Spiritually speaking, in our faith, we would encourage one another and pull each other up out of the mud and keep working for the Lord as we should. As we see the day approaching. That's all I have for you this evening. Lord bless you.